Welcome to the Uncommon Church Podcast. Today, you'll hear a message from our pastor, Josie Kerrigan. We hope that it helps you to know God, grow strong in your faith, and do all that God has called you to do. We are in December. It is the end of the year coming up. How many of y'all feel that like New Year's thing coming on already? Like you're skipping Christmas and you're like, what do I need to do in the new year? What resolutions are coming my way? I am a big New Year's fan. But the thing is, it's really easy to start things, but it's sometimes harder to finish them. Like, can I just get a show of hands? Is there anybody in here that you made a New Year's resolution January 1st of this year and you've like kept it? Like you changed your life. Look at you. See, can we just give a round of applause? That's amazing. And what I want to share with you today is the word that God has laid on my heart, and that is that he is looking for us to finish strong. And I'm not talking about finishing our year strong. I mean finishing our race well. We need to have a mentality that is like, let's begin with the end in mind. We don't know how many days we are given here on earth, but whatever that number is, when we get to the end of it, our goal should be that Jesus welcomes us in heaven, that the Father himself says, well done, good and faithful servant. You know, it's more exciting to talk about words like success and big dreams and big events, but words like steadfastness, endurance, longevity, faithfulness, it's like you know, not as exciting, but can I tell you something? God values that immensely. And we need to be a people that have determined and set our eyes to finish well the race that he has set before us. And I want to just tell you a little bit on myself. Um, I am huge on New Year's, not resolutions, but like New Year's ponderings. Let's call them ponderings. I set semi-goals. I just more so like take inventory. I don't do huge goals. But one time I did. We were in Bible school. And, um, you know, usually for New Year's, you decide that there's a certain part of your life that you're going to work on. And I felt like God was calling me to lay down this idol in my life. It is probably my biggest struggle, and it's called sugar. And amen. Can I get an amen? Like, I'm sorry if you deal with other things that you feel like are harder. For me, this was so hard at this given time. And so we were in Bible school, and I felt God was like, I need you to give up sugar. It's something where you're not disciplined. It's something where you go to cookie dough instead of Jesus. It's something that you need to just get control over your body and your flesh. And I was like, oh, okay. So New Year's was coming up, and I was like, Holy Spirit, Like for a month or for how long do I need to give up sugar? And Jesus is so gracious with me. So you know what he said? He said, let's do a year, but guess what? Only for six days a week. There will be one day on Saturdays you can eat sugar. And I was like, okay, I think maybe I can do this. Like six days without sugar and then I get to have some. I'm going to do this. So I went ahead and you know when you like... Write down a goal to yourself, that's one thing, but when you say it like before God, it's like a vow, it's like serious. So I made a vow before God to not have sugar for this whole year except for on Saturdays. Can I tell you, it was the longest year of my life. It was so hard, and there were many Fridays when I stayed up past midnight so that at 12.01 I could have the cookie dough in the fridge. Like, I'm just being honest. I did it, but it was so hard. And can I tell you, I finished, but I did not finish strong. I was like limping across the finish line. And January 1st, the next year, I was like, okay, I'm glad we're done with that. 
here comes sugar again. <laughs> um, but it did teach me a lot, and it's still one of those things that I feel like I need to always be in control of in my life, or it would rule me. And I have to finish strong in that area. And for all of us, there are different things that God is calling us to do with our lives. Having nothing to do with sugar or New Year's resolutions, but just having to do with the steadfast faith to run the race that he has set before us, to finish our walk strong. And I'm bringing you this message honestly because I have seen friends of mine that I never thought would walk away from the Lord. And I've seen people in ministry or in churches that I thought were so strong and that we're gonna finish well. And then I look around and I'm like, where are they? Oh, they're totally walked away from God. They're totally living a lifestyle that they never would have thought they'd be caught in. And so I want to bring you a word this morning, and it's not meant to be disciplinary or anything like that. What it's meant to do is give you some tools to make sure that we set ourselves up to have the end in mind so that 20 years from now, your faith is stronger, not weaker. Can we do that together? So looking at finishing strong. How many of you guys um, have started something that you haven't finished? For me, remodeling our house, it seems like it's endless. We have started but not finished. Anybody trained for a marathon and then you didn't run it? Not me. I would never trained for running. <laughs> but I did start writing a book and I didn't finish. <laughs> you know, there are things that we do that we don't finish. I want to read from Matthew 25, 23. This is about a servant that came into heaven. This is like when he came into eternity. And Jesus tells the story. And he said, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. I think if we're going to finish well, we kind of have to redefine success. Like, what do we want out of life? If we're going to begin with the end in mind, I think this is the end that we have to have in mind. Is that we're going to get to heaven to have God welcome us by saying, well done, good and faithful servant. So how do we do that? Hebrews, oh man, you could read all of Hebrews, especially 10, 11, 12, talks about faith and endurance and all that stuff. But I'm going to read you one verse from Hebrews 10, 36. It says, patient endurance is what you need now. How many love the word endurance? Look, somebody does. That's awesome. For me, I'm like, mm. Like, I know I need it, but it's not something that gets me very enthused. But I would love to be known for having endurance. Not that it's fun to have endurance, but because that is so valuable to me. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Not just do God's will now, but continually do God's will every day that we're here on earth. Then you will receive all that he has promised. And finishing strong doesn't happen on accident. That's the one thing I just need you to remember. If you just remember one thing, is if you're gonna finish strong, it doesn't just happen. You have to be intentional about it. Nobody gets amazing and good and professional at something without practicing. Nobody just haphazardly finishes a marathon without having ever ran a day in their life. There's something that happens when we put stuff into practice with a goal in mind. And we have to live our life intentionally with the finish line of God saying, well done, good and faithful servant. So here are the four things that as I was looking back, and you know, this is really kind of cool for me because I'm closer to 50 than I am to 40. So I feel like I'm like 
old in the faith. It used to be when I, you know, preached something like this in my 20s, I was like, I hope one day that. But as I was preparing this, I looked back and I'm like, no, I have 46 years of walking with God. And there are some things that have helped me not to fall away. Because I do have friends that I was friends with in high school that don't even want to know God anymore. I have friends from Bible school or that were missionaries that are not walking with the Lord. And so these are the things, four things that I'm going to share with you today, that if you can just grab hold of them in your life, they're gonna help you to stay the course. The number one thing is this, do it when you don't feel like it. If, for example, using the marathon as an example, we decided we're gonna run a marathon, but we only practice running when we feel like it, for most of us, we're not gonna get very good at running because you don't usually feel like running, at least not me. I don't know if this is a bad example. Does anybody just feel like running? Maybe Alex. Are you in here? Alex and Mila, I feel like he's always running or riding a bike. But for most of us, we don't feel like running. And when it comes to the things of God and the spiritual disciplines that we need to put into practice, like prayer and fasting and reading the word and worship and coming to church, even when you've been up super late or whatever that looks like, the devil will make sure we don't always feel like it. Or even our flesh will make sure we don't always feel like it. And if we only put our faith into practice when we feel like it, we're not going to finish strong. I remember the first time that I encountered this in my life, I'm just going to tell you the story, is I, um, after I graduated high school, I went on a Youth with a Mission um, discipleship program. It was a six-month, like, little mini Bible school, and you do a mission trip at the end, and I just, I loved Jesus, and, like, I loved spending time in His presence, I loved His Word, I <clears throat> had from when I was little, and I remember a couple of weeks in, after having such an amazing time, all of a sudden, I didn't feel like it anymore. Like I was in worship, but I didn't feel God's presence. I was reading the word, and like nothing was popping off the page to me. I felt like he wasn't speaking, and I was like, oh, I don't want to pray. I feel like it's just nothing. And so I started like, I'd never felt this way before. So I was like, what is wrong with me? Like something is mega wrong. So I remember calling my dad. Do you all remember calling cards? Like I had to dial all the numbers. And it was from like a rotary dial. There was one pay phone in the house where we all stayed together. And I had like five other roommates. It was one of those type conditions, you know, suffering for Jesus, whatever. So I'm punching in all the numbers. And my dad picked up. And I was hoping it would be my mom because I felt like she would understand me better when I said, like, I don't feel God. So I told my dad, something's wrong with me. This is how I'm feeling. Nothing. It's like the heavens are brass and I just don't know. Am I in the wrong place or whatever? And he was like, honey, this is when you actually get to grow up and mature in your faith because you need to do the right thing as a discipline because you've said yes to God, not because you feel like doing it. Sometimes God will reward you with the most amazing experiences and beautiful feelings, and sometimes he will not. And what are you going to do with that? This is when you decide if you actually belong to God or not. When your lifestyle is not dependent on how you feel about it, but you do it anyway. And I was like, wow. Um, that kind of stinks, but okay. <laughs> but I remember it was such a revelatory moment for me, and I, that has stuck with me my whole life. And for you, I want you to remember that story today of me with the calling card and my dad saying, hey, this is the moment. So when you wake up tomorrow morning, a year from now, and you're like, I just don't even know if I feel like going to church. I just don't even know if I feel like reading my Bible. I don't want to go to you group anymore. Oh, these people annoy me. I don't even want to be part of a church anymore. Are you going to do it when you don't feel like it? 
that's how you're going to finish strong. Because we're not called to be led by our emotions, but by our devotion. And the Bible talks so much about self-discipline and just doing the thing when it's hard. I want to read one verse about it. It's from 1 Corinthians 9, chapter 24. I mean, verse 24. And I think you guys have heard this before, but it says, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. You know, there's so much we talk about the love of God and the grace of God. Sometimes we don't want to bring up the fact that we also have to be disciplined and that there's stuff that we got to do to pick up our cross daily and do the thing when we don't feel like it. So do athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that'll fade away, but we do it for an eternal price. Verse 26, so run with purpose in every step. We're not just shadow boxing or punching our fists in the air. There's a real call, a real journey, a real path, a real finish line for each and every one of us at the end of our days. And how we determine and set our focus to finish strong will determine if we get the price at the end. I don't know about you, but I know that God will accept me into heaven because, you know, I have accepted Jesus into my life and it's by grace only. But I don't want to finish my race here on earth like I did that sugar fast when I was 19 because I limped across the finish line. Like, I want to run into heaven excited to see my heavenly father and being able to say, like Paul did, you know, I have finished my race. And in order to do that, we have to be like that disciplined athlete that actually make ourselves do the thing that we don't feel like doing. We have to think long-term, and that means sometimes we have to forego the temporary pressure, pleasure. The second thing that probably I have seen most people fall away from, well, there are two things, but this is one of them. The next one is coming, and it's handling hard stuff well. Handling hard stuff well. When bitterness or resentment or disappointment is allowed to fester in your heart, the enemy has an inroad to turn you against God. He can cause bitterness to well up in your heart that God didn't come through in the way that you wanted him to, or unforgiveness and bitterness towards somebody in the church or somebody that did you wrong that just keeps you, there's the root of bitterness where your heart's not pure anymore, and slowly over time, it kills your spirit. And I think all of us have, if we would say it, the right to pick up bitterness or unforgiveness at some time, but the Bible says we don't have a right to hold on to it. Whatever happens to us, we are called to forgive. We are called to allow God to heal our wounds. We are called to walk in love towards everybody. And if we're going to um, you know, go the distance, we have to look at hard stuff as an opportunity for growth. I don't know. I believe it was in New Mexico, but they did this biodome experiment where they planted trees inside of a perfect environment. And there was a, um, like a glass shield with the perfect amount of oxygen and all the stuff in the air, the sun could shine through, and they're gonna see like how they could perfect the atmosphere to help trees grow. And they were growing, but they never got really big. And so they started investigating like, why is this not happening? And they realized the roots just wouldn't grow. And they had like the perfect soil and all this stuff and the roots just didn't go down deep. They just stayed shallow so the trees didn't grow tall. And then somebody had this crazy thought, 
it's because there's no wind. There's no reason for the roots to go down deep because they're just standing there in perfection the whole time. They're not going to fall over. So they allowed some artificial wind to come in there and blow some storms inside of this biodome. And wouldn't you know it, the trees grew um, roots really down deep. When we encounter difficult things in life, when we go through storms or have the opportunity to get offended, hurt, upset, frustrated, that's when our roots grow down deep if we handle it well. So if we manage hard things well, we're going to finish strong. So first of all, do it when you don't feel like it. And secondly, handle the hard things well. James 1, 2 through 4, I think this is probably nobody's favorite Bible verse. But here it is. Consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, if you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. You can't quit in the dip. There's a, a saying that says the obstacle is the way. Like if we look at obstacles in our path as an opportunity to grow our roots deeper with God, we're going to finish strong. Hebrews 12, 15 says, watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you. If you allow bitterness, disappointment, unforgiveness, it'll grow a root that will trouble you, and it says it'll corrupt many. So I need you to know this. Your covenant, your commitment, your trust is in God, not in people. The church is amazing. She's beautiful, but she is flawed because she's made up of people. And um, there's a saying, Charles Spurgeon, he was a famous preacher a long time ago, and he said this, the church is imperfect, but woe to the man who takes pleasure in pointing out her imperfections. We are the bride of Christ, and he loves his church. And it doesn't mean we're perfect. And when somebody does something that offends you or hurts you, giving that to the Lord and saying, my trust is in you, not in this people, not in this person that hurt me, and still staying planted in the house of God is how we're going to finish strong. So that just determine to allow God to grow your roots down deep where no disappointment, frustration, difficulty could ever rock your faith. Number three, we have to go all in. Like it has to be not up for debate if truth is truth or not. This is another area where people don't finish strong because all of a sudden, it's like that age-old, since Genesis chapter 3, the enemy comes in and he says, did God really say? Did God really say that a man is supposed to be with a woman? Did God really say that sex is just for inside the covenant of marriage? Did God really say, you know, that you're not allowed to cuss people out? Did God really say that you have to honor people? Did God really say, it's like the things that we don't want to do all of a sudden is like, well, maybe we don't have to do. Like, is the whole Bible actually absolutely true? And we live in a society where if things are not comfortable for us, they're very short term. Like people used to live and die on one street, but now we're just like we up and move, we change jobs. We, how many of y'all have had those free trials to subscriptions of various things? I mean, it's like very short-term commitment. You know, like try it for free for seven days or try it for free for a month or for a dollar for three months, you know? And you get into it and they're hoping to hook you. And I always have to set an alarm in my phone like unsubscribe on this date <laughs> so I don't get sugared and have to pay for a whole year, you know, at $99 or something. So this actually reminds me of a story, and I asked him if I could tell it, but when Josh and Becca, my son and daughter-in-law, when they were living in our house, and they signed up for a free trial of Paramount, because there was something they wanted to watch, and they had a certain time, I think it was 14 days, and um, I got to know Rebecca, 
and Joshua both better through this. It's funny because it was Joshua's job to unsubscribe to said Paramount subscription on the day. And so I heard Rebecca mention it a couple of times, you know, three more days, because we'd sit down and watch a movie and be like, oh, we still have Paramount. She's like, and Josh, you're going to remember, right, to unsubscribe. And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure. And the day before, I could tell he was trying to like, you know when you have to type in the passwords with a remote on the TV, and it just like wasn't working, and I could see he got frustrated, and he gave up? Well, wouldn't you know, he forgot to unsubscribe. And then the next day, here's Becca coming into the living room. Josh is blissfully sitting there, and she's like, Joshua, I just saw a charge from Paramount. I told you to remember that for subscription. And he was like, oh. <laughs> and we've all been there, but we meant for it to be short term. We didn't really like want to, for the rest of our life, have to pay for Paramount. It was a funny moment, and um, we're like, well, you know, it's just $5.99 or whatever. Now we have Paramount for another month, but Becca was not very amused. She was like, I don't like paying for subscriptions. It was so cute. <laughs> so, but the point is that things are short-term. We don't go all in on commitments. If we don't like it, we try something else. But the Word of God is not a short-term commitment. Christianity is meant to be eternal. It's not a temporary tattoo. It's like on there forever. And you have to make up your mind that it's not something that you're gonna like reconsider and reevaluate every so often when it gets you uncomfortable. I mean, yes, it's okay to question why certain things are or to learn new things in the Word of God, but not to try to explain away or deconstruct our faith to a point where we just pick out the things that we want to believe, the ones that make us feel good. Either God is God and His Word is true or he isn't. And if you're in here this morning, you probably do believe that God is real and that what he says in here is true. And if we're going to finish strong, we have to just have made up our mind already that it's not up for debate, that it's all true. And whether I am comfortable with it or not, this is how I'm going to live. It's not relative. It doesn't change with times or experience. You know, you can't, we can't base our theology on our experience. We have to base our theology on the Word of God every time. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Stay alert, watching out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for somebody to devour. You know how he does that most often? It's that same thing from Genesis 3.1, did God really say? Did he really say? So you just have to make up your mind that, yes, God really did say, and this is how I'm going to live my life, and I'm going to finish strong. I'm not going to ever deviate from his Word. And then fourth and last... Don't play around with sin. There is this sneaky thing where we just feel like if we compromise a little, we're not actually saying full-on yes to sin. But sin will always take you further than you want to go, make you stay longer than you went, planned on staying, make you pay more for it than you wanted it to cost. And we don't see the final end from this perspective when it looks so enticing like the fruit in the tree. We're like, did God really say, well, it's just an apple. It's just this situation. It's just this one circumstance. We have to just close the door. And the Bible is full of stories that show us heroes in the faith that either completely said no to sin, like Joseph, if you've read that story, he was tempted with sexual sin and he like ran out of the room. And then you have um, Samson, who was tempted in the same way and was just like, well, I'm just gonna stay a little longer. Like, I can spend the night here, it's no problem. And then 
He lost his entire strength, his closeness with God, the calling that God had gave on his life, it was gone. But it starts in those small moments. So if we're gonna finish strong, we have to say no to sugar. No, we have to say no to sin, <laughs> to the thing that so easily snares us up. We have to close the door on it and say, no, you know what? This is compromise, actually, because the question is not, how close can I get to the line and still get away with it? That's like tempting the grace of God. Yes, he forgives us, but when you start hearing the voice like, you might as well do it because he's going to forgive you anyway, you're in a dangerous place. And I've seen so many people talk to me about, um, you know, excusing the situation they're in because they're like, well, it's just a little bit and can you precisely point in the word of God where this is sin? But I'm like, the fact that you're bringing it up means you're being convicted by the Holy Spirit. Like when we have to try to excuse it, it's probably not a good idea. And would, wouldn't you rather like stay so far away from it that it's not ever up for debate if you're in a gray zone or way in the clear? God says, be holy as I am holy. So I don't know why we try to like, well, it's just to make my friends comfortable. Why do they need to be comfortable? Like, make God comfortable. Make him proud of you. I love this verse from Proverbs 19, verse 20. It says, listen to advice and accept discipline. And at the end, you will be counted among the wise. I think they put up a charit. See that word right there? Can you say, like, clear your throat? And we're going to say it together. Say, acharit. Okay, so this is your Hebrew lesson for today. <clears throat> I do need to clear my throat. This is the Hebrew word for at the end. This is your final end. This is what's going to happen when you finish your race, your acharit. It's the end. It's the back end of something. And in, in Hebrew... A lot of words have to do with direction, like it explains something very clearly. So if somebody is near you, it's called at hand, like the kingdom of God is at hand. Like literally in Israel to this day, if somebody is close by, you're like, oh yeah, she's at my hand, because she's right near you. If something is um, ahead, you say that they're, uh, on top, it's the head. Um, like if, for example, a mountain, you say at the head of the mountain, because it's the top of the mountain. So it's very directional, and acharit, has to do, do with the back. It's the end. It's what comes behind. And when you're looking at me from the front, you can't see my back. And the way the Bible talks about the acharit, it's like it's hidden from us now, but we will have a final end. We will one day enter into eternity. And right now, the way you're choosing and the way you're starting to live your life, you can't see the consequences. Sometimes I wish God could show us the acharit, because I might look really good, but I sat in paint. Like that sin might look so enticing, but your final end of what it's going to cost you might cost you your marriage, might cost you that you end up being addicted to something that you never wanted to touch. The final end, the acharit, if you listen to instruction and accept discipline, your acharit will be good. We like to think about the here and now, what's at hand, the momentary, but the word of God with all the verses about endurance, about well done, faithful, and good servant, it all has to do with the end. God loves that you start strong, but what he's really after is that we finish strong because he wants for you to have a great destiny, a great acharit, a great final end, that it'll be good. And the choices that we make along the way will determine what it is for us. 
So don't mess around with sin. Don't compromise. Just make up your mind, no. Not going to do it. Handle the hard things well. Don't let bitterness creep into your heart. Don't let a Christian get you so twisted that it keeps you from Christ. It's so important that our heart is in God, not in people, because they might let us down. And then make your mind up that the truth is the truth. Don't ever walk away from it. This is not up for debate, and that is how we finish strong. And the thing that I started with, that we have to do it when we don't feel like it. And that applies to when it comes to compromising with sin. You're not always gonna feel like living holy. You're not always gonna feel like walking away from a situation. You might try to make excuses in your mind as to why it's okay and how it's gonna be fine. But our final end, our akharit, is being determined by our choices along the way. I wanna read Hebrews chapter 12, the famous verses, but they're so inspiring when we live with eternity in mind and we realize that our time here on earth is actually very short. It's here today and gone tomorrow and we wanna finish strong. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Just have to break up with it. Let us run with endurance. There's that awesome word again, endurance. The race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Jesus initiates and perfects our faith. And you know, when you think about the heroes that we read about in scripture and the heroes in our family that have gone before us, they're watching us and seeing the choices that we make and they're cheering us on to finish strong. We have to lift our eyes like off of the temporary, off of the now, off of the January 1st and think about December 31st. Like it's great that we started strong. So I think in two different ways this applies to all of us. First of all, if you're just starting your walk with God, Decide that you're all in and like you're in it for the long haul. It's not something that you're trying out. It's not like a subscription that you're going to unsubscribe when it becomes too difficult and you don't feel like going to church anymore. You're just in it. And for those of us that have walked with God for a long time already, we need to make sure that we don't start getting lazy about our walk with God. We need to finish strong, not just finish coming limping across the finish line. Like maybe 10 years ago, you were so enthusiastic about the things of God and you knew that he wanted you to do these things and then, ugh, it didn't work out. And so now you're just like, well, I just go to church. Finish strong. Ask God, what do you have for me today? What do you have for me for tomorrow? What does it look like for me to complete my mission here on earth and finish well? That I can run with endurance the race that you have set before us. We have to redefine our success where it's good and faithful servant when we're welcome into heaven. Not how much did I get out of my little short time here on earth. And God wants to bless us and he wants us to have a good life. I'm not saying he doesn't but I'm saying he cares more about how you finish than what it looks like in the middle. He wants us to get that like lifetime achievement award where it wasn't just a one hit wonder, 
It was a lifetime of consistent, faithful devotion to God, intimacy with the Holy Spirit, loving people, sharing the gospel, learning more about the Word of God, developing our prayer life. Like each year we just grow and continue to learn how to use the gifts of the Spirit, whatever it looks like for you, to grow until you get into heaven. Imagine the depth of the spiritual richness that you can have at the end of your life. Would you hop up on your feet with me this morning? I'm gonna read two more scriptures. One is Galatians 6, 9. So let's not go ti grow tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Your acharit will be there before you know it. And if you don't grow tired of doing what is good in the in-between, our final end will be an amazing blessing. And then one of my favorite verses personally is from 2 Timothy 4, verse 7. It says, I have fought the good fight and I have finished the race. This is the same phrase that Jesus used when he, he hung on the cross and he said, it is finished. Paul was able to say that same thing where he's like, no, I know that I completed what God put me here on the earth for. I wanna run in such a way that when I come to my final end, when I come to the back of my life, when I come to my acharit, I'm like, it is finished. I did whatever he called me to do. I was faithful and obedient along the way. And redefining that success where it's not like what I accomplished or how much influence I had or whatever success looks like for you. No, 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 success is, it is finished. At the end of our days, to be able to say like Paul and like Jesus, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. Not only to me, but to all who longed for his appearing. Like picture us being with Paul up in heaven. And in the same way that God welcomed him in, he welcomes you and he welcomes me. How important is that to you? Because if it's not very important, we will so easily deviate along the path and get tripped up and decide it's too hard. But if we know what we're running for, if we know how we want to finish, it's not that hard. It's amazing. And it just goes from glory to glory and get better and better. So I want to do two things this morning. First of all, I want you to just close your eyes and I want you to see if you find yourself in either of these categories where you have started walking with the Lord in the past two years and this faith is still fairly new for you. And maybe you haven't even encountered a lot of difficulties yet or temptations for walking away, but I want you to just make up your mind right now and commit to God that you're not just in for short term, but this is like forever. It's not just something you're trying, you're devoted to him till the very end, till you have finished your race. And then a second group of people in here, if you've walked with the Lord for a while and you feel like, you know, I'm pretty proud of my start, but I feel like I'm a little bit weary I'm like kind of in that lull, in the gap, and I need to really stir up my faith to contend for more. That I'm gonna finish strong, not just finish. And that I'm gonna actually complete all the things that God had assigned for me to do. Maybe you got discouraged because of a disappointment. Maybe you allowed some 
bitterness against a situation or a person to enter your life. Maybe you slipped up a little bit and there was some compromise and now you don't feel worthy. Whatever it is that deviated you from being passionate and 100% committed to completing what God placed you on this earth for, I want you to just talk to God about that and recommit your life. You don't have to come up and screw in a light bulb all over again. You, you already belong to Jesus. But sometimes we need those moments when we're like, no, I really mean it. If it's hard or if it's easy, I'm in it to the end. I'm not going to question the truth of the word of God. I'm not going to walk away when things are hard just because somebody hurt my feelings. Whatever it is. So, Father, I pray for longevity and endurance to finish our race. Wherever we find ourselves on that path, God, we are somewhere between the start and the finish, all of us, wherever we're at. And God, I just ask right now by your Holy Spirit that you would show us any area that we need to readjust and realign in order to finish strong so that we would run with endurance the race you've set before us. I feel like there's some people in here that you feel like it's too late, like maybe your end is nearer than your beginning and you're just like, well, I only have such a short amount of time left. I'm, I'm too old. God is not, he's not bound by time like we are. He looks at your heart and your commitment in this moment, not in the days that may have been wasted. So Father, I just pray <clears throat> to break off any shame that might be in this room in this moment. And God, I pray that you would stir up faith and hope and courage to walk out every single one of our days with purpose. That you would lift our eyes to see with eternity in mind, God. I thank you that you wash us and cleanse us from any sin or compromise. God, that you are a God who redeems time. I also feel like there's somebody who you don't actually know what your purpose is and you think like, well, I can feel like I'm doing all the right thing, but it doesn't feel very purposeful. God wants to tell you that he saw every single day of your life before you were ever born and you saying yes to him each and every day is all he's asking for. Like it's not a particular thing, it's an attitude of obedience to him. That's all he's after. It's just our daily yes to him. It's not one big moment. It's a daily surrender. He doesn't look at success the way we do. He just looks at heart posture and how we respond to him in the small moments. Just one last prayer. If everybody would just close your eyes and bow your heads. In case there's somebody in this room that maybe you've never started your walk with God. Or maybe you started, but you walked away and you decided you didn't want to finish. Today is your day to jump back on to the race that God has for you. And if you don't know Jesus, man, he's amazing. And he has so much good in store for you. His love for you is so great. There's no end to his love and compassion. The Bible says that he gave up his life so that we could live forever. And if you want to invite him into your life and decide to dedicate the rest of your days to him instead of 
to what you want. Like it's a big commitment. This is not a temporary thing that you're trying. This is I'm surrendering my whole life to God. I'm walking away from the way my life used to be and now I'm just gonna walk according to the will of God for my life. If there's anybody like that this morning, would you just slip your hand up if you want me to pray with you? I'm not gonna embarrass you in any way. We're all gonna pray together, but I wanna know if there's somebody that I need to pray for. I see your hand. Thank you, Jesus. And maybe if you're watching online, if you're at home, and you could just slip your hand up right there because God sees you exactly where you're at. And for the sake of anybody who's making this commitment for the first time, just in support of them, let's all pray together. Say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Forgive me for walking my own way. I put my faith in you, in your word, and I surrender my life to you. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Church Podcast. If this message has impacted your life, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. And for more information on our church community, you can click the link in the description or visit uncommonchurch.tv.